This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. This is Jerry Agar in for John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Monday, May the 1st. Mainly cloudy, chance of showers later this morning and through the day with a high of 9. And then showers again tomorrow with a high of 6. Here are the five things you need to know. Render unto Caesar. Taxes are due today. Tentative deal reached to end the federal government worker strike. Major downtown diversions start today. Ontario is going to add mental health literacy to grades 7 and 8 in the high school curriculum. And the Leafs to face the Panthers in round two. Game one puck drop tomorrow night. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Sends it in a goal. They score! They score! Holy mackerel! They score! Who's they? Wait a minute. That's not your morning joke, is it? <laughs> no. In fact, I'm going to test you guys out, Nick and Joe, on a, on a joke here in just a moment. I'll tell you what I mean. Jerry Egar in for John Moore. Um, he's on vacation, family wedding kind of thing in North Carolina is what I understand. And he'll be back on Wednesday, and I'll be with you for today and tomorrow. And the last time that I filled in for him was a, a full week. I started this thing of telling a joke right off the top. And the reason, there's a couple of reasons for that. Well, who doesn't like a joke? And secondly, and if you are one person who doesn't like a joke, I'm sorry, sourpuss. I'm going to go ahead with it anyway. And um, and also because, you know, if you know my show regularly from nine to noon, I come out of the blocks at 9.05 pretty hardcore on some issues. And you don't need that at 5.08 in the morning and neither do I. So I'm going to start off a little differently. And we'll get back to that whole thing about they score in just a second. But again, that's not the punchline. Okay. So um, the whole first week I did, Jokes that started with a guy walks into a bar. And so for these three days, I'm doing doctor-related jokes. I had one on Friday. Um, but I thought about telling this joke, and then I thought, this is the oldest doctor joke in the world, and, and everybody will see the punchline coming. So I'm testing it out to see if Joe and or Nick can shout out the punchline. All right. Hold on, Joe. You said you're not going to come out like roaring out of the gate. You gave yeah. us homework on a Monday morning? Yeah, that's a, no, this is at work work. All right, okay. This is a no work, right, Nick. Where do you think you are? All right, we're listening. Go ahead, lay it on us. All right. So the guy goes into a doctor's office, and the doctor says, what's the problem? And the guy takes his index finger, and he pushes it against the table, and he says, it hurts when I do that. And the doctor says, don't do that. There you go. Send it in a go. They score! <laughs> All right, so here's my doctor joke. And this is about a doctor. He's been his entire professional career. The guy has been a proctologist and he's decided he's good with his hands and he decides that he doesn't want to do that anymore. His other passion is cars. And so he's decided that he wants to be an auto mechanic. Like I said, he's good with his hands. So he, he quits the proctology job and he starts studying to be an auto mechanic. He's doing very, very well. And they get to the final exam and the exam is completely tear down and then completely rebuild an engine. And so he does it, and he does it in, in the time allotted, and he goes home, and he waits for his results. And then he gets an email. He scored 150%. And he thought, well, that can't be right. So he calls the instructor, and he says, you, you gave me 150%. That's got to be a typo. Nope, that's what we gave you. Well, how does that work? And the instructor says, 50% because you tore that engine down beautifully. 
50% because you put it together perfectly. And I gave you specifically, I've never done this before, an extra 50% because you did the whole thing through the muffler. They score! They score! All right. Pretty exciting times for um, Leafs fans yesterday. Not so much for Bruins fans. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but do you think, Nick, that actually this is the result not only getting through round one, but not having to play the Bruins is an extra bonus icing on the cake for uh, Leafs fans? To paint the picture in everyone's theater of the mind, uh, you're wearing a Boston Bruins sweatshirt. Why? I am. With today laundry day or something? No, I'm going to tell you a little story about that in a second. Uh, but, yes, I'm a Bruins fan. I mean, I can get behind the Leafs now. Sure. Okay, because oh, I'm yeah. a bandwagon guy when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah, your ankles, <laughs> you have some pretty strong ang- angle, ankles jumping on and off the bandwagon. But it was exciting. Exciting weekend. What a great weekend it was. You've been playing little pieces of it. Let's hear uh, the the um, broadcasters. This is from TSN 1050, isn't it? Um, from these guys going crazy <laughs> at the end of the game. Tavares works back towards the blue line, fed it to himself off the boards. Back into the corner for Nyes. Nyes back in the net for Tavares. Tavares coming out. Sends it in a goal. They score! They score! Holy Mackinac! They score! Morgan Riley! Mo, Mo, Mo Riley! The Leafs have won it! They're going to the second round! Do you believe this? Holy Mackinac! Is he going to have a voice left for tomorrow night? <laughs> Joe Bowen has been calling that for 30-plus years now. Yeah. And even when the other team would score, he has not as much to that of that excitement, but it's still right. exciting because he's a hockey broadcaster. Well, and uh, obviously a Leafs fan and uh, pretty exciting stuff. And somebody got so excited and drunk that he went out and smacked a police horse on the butt. Well, what's the thinking of, um, I don't know what this guy's charged with. He left with a provincial offenses notice. I thought, what is that? I looked it up. You know what it is? It's a ticket <laughs> for uh, whatever offense he's yeah. charged with. Yes, for being a horse's butt. Well, yes, exactly. And I so I thought, well, how often does that sort of thing happen? And I, I was looking around this morning online, and I found videos and stories from all over the place, including one a few years ago during... Um, a homecoming at Queen's University, and there's a video. You see this woman running toward the horse. Clearly, her intention, it wasn't as spontaneous as she walked past the horse kind of thing. She runs over to the horse and smacks it on the butt, and the horse knocks her on hers. And I thought, good for the horse. And then the story I was reading said, that was the third time that day the horse had been hit. What's wrong with people? And then I saw stories from, from New York and all kinds of wherever they use police horses. Apparently, there are people who... Just think that that's a good idea. And here's the reason that I'm wearing the, the Bruins hoodie. Because you have to get up so early, in literally the middle of the night, to do this show. I didn't make it through the Boston Bruins-Panthers uh, game. So I, I, I went to bed. But I woke up around 9.30. And I wondered, what's going on? And I, I grabbed my phone, and it was tied and going into overtime. So I got up. <laughs> I, I got up, and I put this hoodie on with the, with the Bruins uh, logo on the front of it. And I thought, well, that'll help. <laughs> you know how sports fans are. It didn't help. And then I thought, I'm wearing it anyway, because first, first of all, it's really comfortable. And second of all, how does a team have a season like that and then blow it? 
Well, that's the, the beauty and the excitement of the playoffs. I mean, it, it truly is a second season. Some consider the regular season as like the preseason, and then here yeah. comes the real season. Yeah, and if you don't believe in robo-umps, uh, yesterday's game gave you good reason to change your mind uh, as far as the Jays are concerned. And this morning we pay our respects to the iPad that got it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. talk about that Rosa later. Rosa an innocent iPad, uh, tablet paid the price. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. You're listening to More in the Morning on News Talk 1010, Toronto. Jerry Agar in for John Moore today and tomorrow. He's back on Wednesday. So a couple of things to look at here early in the morning. Um, Passing of another rocker. I guess more and more of this is going to happen, unfortunately. But this is the passing of Tim Backman of Backman Turner Overdrive. And don't contact me and say it's Bachman because it isn't. It's Backman. If you've ever heard Randy give his own name, I, it, it was bad enough I had to argue with Americans on this. Joe, you're laughing. Do you, is it because you think I'm wrong? Kind of. It's Backman. Randy Backman. Yes. Tim Backman. But it's Bachman Turner Overdrive. According to who? Randy Backman, did, him, Backman did he himself. Did he he told that? me that personally. Oh, well, then you got me. Really? Why would that be, I wonder? Because, because, because he just decided to stop fighting Americans on it? That's exactly why. Yeah. The band was always called Bachman Turner Overdrive, so he just decided to continue with it. But so I have an ID of him doing, you know, radio IDs, and he said, yeah. "Hey, this is Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive." Seriously? Yeah, that's really interesting. You know what? You know, I'm going to email one of the guys at my old radio station. I'll see if he could send it to me. All right. Either, either, I guess is uh, the deal here. All right. Well, you got me there, Joe. Thanks for that. Um, and so, uh, BTO drummer. Tim Backman has passed away at the age of 71. Randy is 79, so he lost his little brother. I'll tell you a story that happened when I, uh, years ago when I first came to News Talk 1010, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody here. I didn't know anybody at, in the city. I literally didn't know anyone in Toronto when I joined the radio station. My family hadn't moved here yet, and I was. it was a Friday night, and I was in the apartment, cooking a hamburger, I think. And my phone rang and it was, hey, it's Jim Richards from the station. Oh, hi, Jim. What are you doing? Nothing. (laughs) What would I be doing? I'm not doing anything. And he said, well, I just got some tickets to some kind of thing at the Mod Club bar. And um, apparently, like, some members of BTO are going to be playing. And we thought, like, maybe Tim, the drummer, and some other person from the band, because that happens, and they carry on with the name. Uh, he said, but do you want to go out? And sure, I went because I had nothing to do, because I wanted to get to know Jim better. And hey, we're going to hear music, so why not? So we went, and they introduced them, and out walk Randy Backman and Fred Turner, the B and the T, from BTO. We're in this little club. Randy Backman had BTO and the Guess Who. He's a legitimate superstar. And we're in this little club. And they do a few songs, and then they introduce their guest, Sammy Hagar, who comes up and joins them. And they do Sammy Hagar's I Can't Drive 55, and he joins them on American Woman. It was, it was a heck of an evening. It was the kind of show that could sell out an arena. And then I realized we realized what was going on. Jim got these tickets because it was a, a, a taping for satellite radio. So we were just the little useful studio audience. So there would be hooping and hollering and applause. We were a studio audience, basically. It's one of the coolest things that I, that I ever went to. Thanks, Jim Richards. Evenings 
here on uh, News Talk 1010. So this morning, I, I called an Uber in the dark and early, and the Uber showed up. And this is something I've only experienced once before. The driver is a woman. Why so few female Uber drivers? Is it a safety thing? Women do not feel safe driving for Uber? I mean, I can understand that. I'm not being critical here. I, uh, I just, it's, it's just curious to me that there are so seemingly so few female drivers for Uber. And especially at 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe. Maybe you'd feel safer at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The only other time that I had a woman driver was in Madison, Wisconsin, when I had to go from my son's apartment to the airport. Not a very long drive. Nothing's very far away in Madison, Wisconsin. And a woman picked me up, and I asked her, and, and it was her opinion that probably a lot of women just didn't feel safe. But I find it interesting because I think Uber overall is very safe. Sure, once in a while you hear of incidents that happen, um, but we had that with cab drivers or, you know, the, the world can sometimes be a nasty place. Um, and when it's a group of humans as large as the number of people driving from Uber for Uber across North America, then unfortunately some bad things will happen. But I've always felt that Uber was very safe from the fact that everybody's tracked. You know who the driver is, you know what the vehicle is, you know who the rider is based on the credit card and where the person was picked up and where the person was dropped off. I mean, everything is tracked. So I found it a little surprising, but maybe that, maybe that is the reason. I just, it's nice. I mean, we didn't chit chat really, but it was, it, it, it was nice. We didn't chit chat because of me. I got, the, I got, I got on my phone right away and started, you know, going through things for today, for the show. Here's a text message that reads, safer than TTC. That's probably true. Probably is true. And women ride the TTC. So maybe if you're a woman and you're wondering where can I pick up some extra income, maybe that's something to consider that you haven't considered. Meanwhile, as we try to get around the city, and speaking of the TTC and uh, transit, Queen Street, Bay to Victoria, is closed starting today with rerouted buses, etc., and rerouted car traffic over a fairly short period or space of um, the, the street. It's Queen Street from Bay to Victoria. So basically uh, along in front of Old City Hall and then a block from Young Street east to Victoria. And that's the, that's the area where it'll be closed. God bless everybody who does, has a business along there. I don't know how this will affect you. There's a lot of walking traffic around there, I think. And hopefully they say businesses will remain open and there'll be all kinds of signs for traffic, et cetera. And I hope it doesn't turn into the debacle that has been things like the St. Clair Street uh, right away and Eglinton or businesses that are, you know, that are dying along Eglinton and businesses that died along St. Clair. I hope that doesn't happen in this short stretch of Queen Street from Bay to Victoria. They say it will be a four-and-a-half-year closure. So what do you think? Nine years? Ten? What do you think it'll be? And, and, and here's a curious thing. It's four-and-a-half years planned to do a Queen Street station or whatever it is they're doing there. We'll find out more after 7 o'clock this morning on that with somebody from the city. But I looked it up this morning. The original subway line in the city of Toronto, 
went from Union Station to Eglinton and all the stations along there. How long did that take? They started it in 1949 and opened it in 1954. So about five years, which is about how long this is going to be closed. Um, Tracy writes in, I drove taxi at night in the late 90s, always felt safe and had a blast. Would you do it now, I wonder, Tracy? Does it feel different now? Greg from Ajax right? I think more women work for companies like Uber Eats and skip, skip the dishes. A pizza ain't going to attack them from the back seat. No, but it'll increase the size of your back seat, I have found. Lisa, are you in charge of canceling the rain? Uh, no. I'm tired of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I am in charge of how maybe it impacts your drive and yeah. giving you the heads up on not driving so fast. Are you tired of it? Yes. Okay, well, yes. you're going to get more of it. Well, okay, but then the sun will come. Will it? It can't be like this forever. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's April showers tomorrow. bring May flowers oh. and other beautiful things. And what do May flowers bring? Um, Pilgrims. Oh, okay. Right. Mainly cloudy with a 40% <laughs> Wait, chance. I thought your joke was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> more in the morning continues. On News Talk 1010, Toronto. Good to have you along. The Ontario line forces a four and a half year partial closure of Queen Street. I'm going to try out my question. How could we have built the entire original young line from Union Station all the way up to Eglinton in basically the same amount of time uh, that, that it's going to take for this Closure of Queen Street. I'm going to try it out on Scott Reed, who will be on the morning brief at 6.20. And uh, later on this morning at 7.05, Roger Brown is the director of traffic management of the city of Toronto, and he'll join me at 7.05. Oh, and by the way, all morning Friday, I was promising you that Penny Alexiak would drop by at 8.05, and, uh, and I'm really looking forward to meeting her and visiting with her. She's the most decorated Olympian in the history of uh, Canadian Olympic athletes, and Joe... She's she's going to be here today for real this time. For real this time. All right. Um, I am puts a smile to on it. our face because we're getting cookies. Apparently, yeah. You know what? Nobody listening cares that we get cookies. Then go out and get your own at Tim Hortons. <laughs> Who gets your own cookies? <laughs> Ours are being delivered by Penny Alexiak on a timely basis because she's quick. Um, so I'll talk to her at eight oh five. So I was looking at this story. And I guess I'm not as outraged as I supposedly should be. And it has to do with uh, PSAC protesters and a guy driving a New Brunswick hydro truck, something like that. Apparently, he didn't actually work for New Brunswick Power. He was a contractor, they are quick to say. Uh, but here's what happens. The guy's coming along. It's a big truck. It's not a, it's not a pickup truck. It's a big truck. And he's edging down the road, but he can't move forward because the federal workers who are on strike, uh, some of them walked right out into the middle of the street and they have stopped traffic. Well, this guy needs to get somewhere. It's very frustrating when that happens. And so he just decided he, he wasn't going to put up with it. So he started edging the truck forward very, very slowly, very, very slowly. And one person stood right in front of him like, you're not going anywhere. And he went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he kept edging forward. He eventually bumped the guy. And the guy backs up and eventually cleared the road, I think. Well, okay, the truck driver is no longer allowed to drive for New Brunswick Power. It's unclear in the story that I read whether or not he's still employed by his employer who had a contract with New Brunswick Power or whether or not there will be some charges 
against this this truck driver. There probably will be. And I don't advocate running people over. But I don't think, but technically he didn't run anybody over. He just went very, very slowly. And didn't your mother teach you to get out of the traffic? Don't play in traffic? Um, So to me, the... I, I think there's problems on both sides. Can you get outraged at the truck driver and you're okay with protesters who decide to walk out in the middle of the street and stop traffic? That has nothing to do with whatever their labor dispute is. They're not highway workers, first of all, are they? Um, and so I have no sympathy for the protesters in that case. Now, um, talk amongst yourselves on that. Uh, and um, some people are writing into me saying the reason that they were able to build the Young Street or the Young Line in about the same amount of time they're going to work on the Queen Street project, Tracy writes in, less infrastructure when the original subway was built. What they did, my understanding of how they built it, I thought it was very clever. Um, maybe this would be more difficult to do today or maybe people just put up with it back then. They didn't put. They didn't have big boring machines like Holy and Moly uh, and those kinds of things. What they did is they they just dug up Young Street. Talk about an interruption in front of your business. They tore the street up. They dug a. They didn't dig a tunnel. They dug a pit, a great big pit, and then they put the subway down there, and then they covered it up, put the pavement down, and the sidewalks back in place, and away you go. That's my understanding of how it was done. I wasn't there. Uh, it opened in 1954, but I don't, maybe that's the case. I mean, that's an interesting point that you made, Tracy. Uh, another response to the other thing I was talking to, um, talking about, and this response by text message is, I would say, charge the pedestrian as well. There has to be some sort of impeding the flow of traffic law. See, this is a case. Yes, I agree with that. I, I, I don't think you should, much as I have no sympathy for the protesters here, uh, blocking traffic. You, you've got a great big vehicle. A person could fall down and you could run over them and then say you never meant to run over them. And I, I get all of that. Um, but the, uh, at the same time, you don't have a right to just walk out into traffic and stop it because you feel like it because you're having a hissy fit about something, I think. So um, that charging them both seems like a good idea. And how about this idea, since we're talking about transit? I was just reading about this this morning. In China, they're now testing this thing. It's not a, it's not a pie-in-the-sky kind of dream. They're testing a train that can go 1,000 kilometers an hour. It's in a semi-vacuum tube. So you get on the train... This would have to be a cross-country kind of thing, wouldn't it? Is there a practicality to having a 1,000-kilometer-per-hour train to go from Toronto to London? I mean, that's up to speed and then starts slowing down immediately. How far apart would the stations have to be? Well, I was wondering if you could have, like, a a, a super train that would be— it it only stops in a very select number of places, like, uh, let's say, Toronto— Winnipeg, Regina, Calgary, Vancouver. By the way, if you have a thousand kilometer an hour train and it was just simply from every once in a while we take a trip that doesn't stop anywhere, it goes from Toronto to Vancouver, four hours. 
It's 4,000 and some kilometers to, I mean, you could barely get there that fast on an airplane. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> get on the train and you could literally get on the, if, if they were doing it both ways, you could go to Vancouver, have lunch, get on the train and come home. I'd be like, what'd you do yesterday? Yeah, I went to Vancouver. Would you fly? No, no, I took the train. It's cool to think about. We'll probably never have one. They've got, like, how many people they have in China? They, they, so they've got a lot more people to move. Maybe it would work. Um, so upcoming, after 6 o'clock, we have the morning brief with Scott Reed. And we'll also talk about why the city's race for the new mayor is likely to get meaner. Jerry Agar for John Moore. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.